Welcome to Inside Design, a podcast for interior design clients. I am your host, Jane Ledger, an interior designer who's helped hundreds of clients design, decorate, renovate, and create their dream home. In this show, I'm going to get real and talk about all the things you'd love to know about, but don't. Like, what do interior designers actually do? What value am I going to get from engaging one? How much do things cost? I'm going to be sharing all of this with you through my own expertise and through my guests, other leading industry professionals. Together, we're going to take you inside design to help you understand what we do and how you can engage meaningfully with an interior designer to achieve the space or home of your dreams. Hello and welcome everyone. Today I'm coming in with a solo chat just to round out where we've been in the last couple of episodes and reflect on some observations. I loved that both Kelly and Helena in episodes four and five refer to the longevity of design. That's what we're in for here. I think we've all come to realise that renovating or creating a new home is a long game process. And as designers, it's what we love to do and where we feel we can do our best work and add the most value to your property. Now, that's not to say there's anything wrong with doing quick renos or touch-ups. It's just that they're getting harder to do. And with the time and resources needed, it's often just not possible. But more than that, increasingly, we are all becoming aware that it's just not in anyone's interests or in the interests of responsible design and sustainability for us to come into your home, rip out your kitchen and put in something cheap that lacks functionality and the principles of good design. And it's here that I want to explore this concept of resale value. It came up in my conversation with Helena last episode and it's something we hear a lot around the traps. It may be something you've talked about with friends or family and people do seem to have an array of opinions on it. As a designer, resale value comes into play in a couple of ways. It first comes up when people are deciding whether they even should do a reno, a renovation of say a kitchen or other wet areas of the home. And at this point, it's often a question of whether they can, whether they financially can, because let's be honest, these are the most expensive areas of the home to renovate. That's always been the case and it is definitely still the case now. So I fully appreciate that with the escalating costs of renovating and building over recent years, together with interest rate movements, people have had to adjust their expectations, their financial commitments and of course that has affected the ability of people to undertake some types of renovation But let's say you've got through those hoops, and I realise this is no mean feat. You're out there getting some quotes, perhaps, or you might have contacted a designer and you're getting some indicative costs on what your reno might cost, and you're starting to get a feel for what you might be up for. And sometimes the thought process is, well, that's just too much. That part is fine. I understand that. No one wants to get into a financial commitment that is going to cause them emotional and financial strain. But then here comes the next phrase, we're never going to get it back. Get it back? Get it back when? Next week or next month? Maybe in five years, ten years? For most people, the getting it back will happen a long way down the track. That's in, say, five to ten to fifteen years plus. So resale, in my mind, is literally if you are renovating to sell 
immediately or in the very short term. And I agree that that is a whole different kettle of fish with different considerations applying to how much you invest in those works. But the cost of flipping properties is getting harder as the returns are getting smaller. And this has occurred because reno costs and holding costs have increased. But my sense is people start talking about resale even when they have no intention of selling. And that's the sentiment that I'm addressing here. Most renovations, if they're done well, do two things. They improve what is for most people their largest and most valuable asset. They maintain and add immediate value to the asset. And I feel it's been pretty well proven that bathrooms and kitchens do have the highest return on investment. And secondly, and I would argue way more importantly, a renovation improves your life while you're living in it. It improves your life because it changes the way you live in it, the way you move through, use and experience the space. Every day, a well-designed and beautifully specified kitchen will create ease in your life, moments of joy and a place to create memories with family and friends. It streamlines the way you use the space and it's just an environment that feels good to be in. So not only does it improve your life, I would also say it improves your well-being at the same time. So in this sense, I would say trust. Trust your design team to create a space that works for you and your family, that will add value to your property, but more so enrich your life. Then there's the second time we hear about resale. So resale from a designer's point of view comes into play again when people are going ahead and they're in the throes of their renovation. Let's again say it's a kitchen renovation that they're doing and they're making decisions on selections. So you're making what is going to be a pretty big investment into your major asset and we hear this concept again and it might go something like this. Oh, we don't want anything too out there, just plain and simple because, you know, resale. We wouldn't want to put in anything that might put off buyers in the future, right? Really? Well, I'd like to share with you how I feel about this. Something that is designed and chosen for resale in the sense of having broad appeal is likely to be pretty uninspiring and flat when it's first done and it will still be lifeless and flat if and when the time comes to sell. So I don't buy into this concept of choosing your selections with resale in mind. It's not going to make you happy when it's installed and it's not going to inspire or engage with future buyers either. What I do buy into is doing it stylishly and with design and functionality and sustainability at the forefront. Too often I've walked into a home and thought, oh my gosh, who did this kitchen? So it's been done in the sense that it's been renovated, but it's so standard or same that it looks kind of dated already and I can see that it hasn't been planned well and it doesn't have a relationship to the rest of the home either, especially the architecture. And this is something that as designers we really focus in on is making sure that whatever you do has context and is appropriate for where you live, your home and its location. So this kind of almost makes me weep because in thinking they're doing the right thing by creating a mainstream or let's say a, a simple or a safe kitchen that will appeal to lots of people, they've spent money on something that is lifeless and flat. And the wrong type of kitchen put into the wrong home is something we see a lot. And I feel that some of this 
is led by this thinking that what we have to do is design for others, future unseen and unknown people, rather than designing for ourselves. And real estate agents out there, please chime in if I'm off the mark here, but I think nearly 100% of real estate agents would say that buyers, and I'm talking about people who are buying for themselves and their family, not as an investment, buy from emotion. Purchasing a home is largely about finding an emotional engagement with the property and then wanting to buy it. A beautifully designed and executed kitchen is often the primary emotional pull a purchaser feels when they go through your home at a home open in viewing a home. So a bland and lifeless kitchen is not going to pull at their heartstrings. Somewhat linked to this idea of resale, there is a little creep in of another word, the word timeless. But what I really feel about timeless is that sometimes it's used as an excuse for being safe and boring. When I ask a client about what they mean when they say the word timeless, I get many different answers. So as a designer, we will really dig into what you mean by certain words. And whenever I hear timeless, I always want to know more. What's really behind that word? And then I discover that sometimes what they're wanting to do is hide behind timeless because they just want something that's safe and secure. And I would say boring. So let's tease this out a little Think of some of the places you've been to that felt timeless to you. Let's take, say, Italy, or perhaps it's a favourite street in Paris. What you see there is timeless. Marble, stone, layers of materials, textures, architecture that's been there for hundreds and in some cases thousands of years. They do have a provenance, a time and a place. We do know roughly when they were built and how far back they date. And those elements you love have been there literally for years, but still you love them, and that's why you love them. Or it may be a favourite beach shack you visited as a child, or a holiday place. That's in a sense timeless, because its presence in your mind is linked to a particular time and place. It may be the same perhaps with a grandparent's home. It has nostalgic value, and that's what nostalgia means, something tugging at you from the past that has meaning and value. It brings in sights, smell, your senses. I know I'm imagining, and I think you are imagining now as I'm talking, a place that has that for you. Now, I'm not suggesting we create Paris or Nana's house in our homes, but elements of them, the essence of them, you certainly can. And the main thing we're wanting to create for you is something that feels authentic. It's real. It's good to be in. It evokes feelings or emotions when you walk into them and causes others who visit your home to feel those things too. Calm, comfortable, at ease, luxury that you can't see because it's in the design details, not the cost, or one material shouting. Elegant without being bland or lifeless. One of the places I think about when I think about authentic homes is my partner Ralph's mother's home. It's timeless. It's nostalgic. And some of you might know a little bit about my backstory in that I first visited Ralph's home in the late 80s when we were dating back then. And... We went, we were both very young, well certainly I was, I was only 17 years old when I first met him and after going out for a while we did go separate ways but fast forward, what was it, it was well over 30 years when we reconnected and I went out with him again and and he is now my life partner 
And what I loved about reconnecting with him this second time was that I reconnected with his family home. And I remember the moment I walked through that door for the second time and all those memories and all the feelings and all the nostalgia came rushing back at me because that home, it was exactly as it had been in 2018 as it was in the late 80s when I visited it. So it was a, it was a home that was uh, designed and built in the 1960s and it had a lot of those beautiful 60s features and there they are still. So when I go to that home even today, all that nostalgia and all that feeling is there. Another more uh, recent example is a renovation I did for a client in Challenger Parade, City Beach. This was a 1980s home designed by an architect And I remember I loved it as soon as I walked into it. Immediately I felt transported back to my childhood and teenage years where I felt I'd been in very similar homes. I loved its 80s-ness. But the kitchen, it had been used. Used well, loved by several owners and hung on to for years by these present owners, my clients, in its original state. And it had gone to the very last mile it could. This kitchen had served out its years well. In renovating it, though, the last thing I wanted to do was put in a, quote, contemporary kitchen. New? Yes. But with nods and references to its past. It wasn't the most expensive kitchen I'd done. In fact, many of the materials were very simple, We splurged on tiles, though. Yes, they were from Italy. Thank you. Uh, Beautiful Mutina tiles uh, from Maya Ceramics. And we integrated them with the original terracotta floor tiles, also made in Italy back in the late 80s. It's not a showy kitchen. It sits within its context and it makes sense within the architecture of the home. And the client, the only thing I ever hear from her is how it feels Not the things, the stuff or the stone, just how it feels and how it functions. So perhaps instead of timeless, perhaps it's a case of being enduring, built to survive and serve, building or renovating something that's going to endure. I look at the tiles in Ralph's mum's bathroom and it almost makes me cry, but cry with joy. Those tiles, you'll know them, I know, they're kind of lilac black and white mosaics. They are spotless, immaculately kept and looking as good as when they were laid in the 1960s. Oh my God, amazing. I loved how Helena brought us back to base and said only build or renovate for what you need. How many times have we as designer walked into someone's home or seen on their plans the ubiquitous activity room or theatre room, which is essentially in a lot of cases just a windowless room. And we are often the ones asked to make something of them. So we'll hear something along the lines of, oh, we don't really use it. I don't know what to do with it. No, no one comes in here. Oh, sorry, it's a storage room. And so it goes on. Any ideas? Well, yes, we do have ideas, but, but we see these rooms too many times. And if we are doing a reno or a makeover on the space, our first question and our first priority will always be about function. Who is going to use this space and why? So I think what we're getting at here is designed for you, your family and the way you want to live. Try and not get sucked into the views and opinions of, of others on what your home should have 
or what I'm suggesting to you today, get too bogged down in thoughts about resale. Now, I'm not suggesting don't get your home valued or understand the financial metrics of your home and your assets, or that you shouldn't understand your market and demographics of people who live there and who may want to live there in the future. Speak to agents, get their views on what's valued by your market, but don't take this literally to heart. Think about what the meaning of home is to you and your family and use that to approach your renovation or design project. Overall, I'd say do it with intention. Take care of your precious asset with your vision, your values and your idea of living firmly in your back pocket. Having this with you will ease your decision making. Test your decisions and direction against these ideals and let it guide you to stay on track. Like anything, it's a balance. Balancing how much to invest versus what you're going to get out of it both in the short and long term. And trust me, if it's done well, future buyers will be drawn to your home and the way it feels. And remember, only one person needs to love it to pay the price you want. My guess though, is that many more will. Thanks for listening in today and also for listening to all the other episodes. I've got to say, I have been completely overwhelmed by the number of messages I've received, the downloads that the podcast is getting. So please keep it coming because you know that I want to share this with people who would really benefit from it. And on that note, if you've got any comments, observations, questions, or anything that's arising for you on what you've heard, I would love to hear about it because I'm developing this podcast with you in mind, people who are wanting to know more about how designers work and how to perfect your home design. So please feel free to slide into my DMs on Instagram or contact me by email or even pick up the phone. As we know, that's such a wonderful way to make connections with people and I encourage you to make contact in whatever way you would like to. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Inside Design. If you found this useful, please leave a review as this helps other people just like you find this information. I'd love for you to hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this and share a favorite episode with someone you know who would really benefit from it. You can follow my interior design business on Instagram at Jane Ledger Interiors and visit my website at janeledger.com.au. I'll see you in the next episode.